Hello, welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a senior manager with Cherry Beckert, and with me today is Rich Wilkinson, director of product mar- product marketing from Uninet. Rich, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, Eric. So today is the third podcast in our series on indirect rates and how it's more than just a math and billing exercise when doing work with the federal government. And, you know, we've already talked about um, kind of an overview on rates and then monitoring the rates. And today we really wanted to talk about kind of that closeout process of, of the rate year. But before we really jump into that, Rich, do you just want to give a quick background about yourself? Sure, Eric. Um, I sp- was a Navy contracting officer. I spent eight years at Navier doing services and R&D. And then I was a working controller for 10 years. After that, I spent, uh, I've spent i spent almost 25 years now in the software industry, uh, helping put together uh, ERP systems for government contractors, uh, the kind of contractors we're talking to today. So you, you live and breathe in direct rates is what you're telling me. I've been all the way around the table. I've asked contractors for indirect rates. I've been asked for indirect <laughs> rates and had to produce them. And I'll tell you, asking for them is a whole bunch easier than having to produce them. Yep, that is true. So producing them and, you know, to, to start off, it's year end and we just closed out our fiscal year as a company. What do we do from an indirect rate standpoint if you're a company? Um Well, let's recap for just a second, because hopefully we submitted these rates about a year ago, uh, maybe a little more than a year ago. We got them approved. We may or may not have made a mid-year course correction and revised our provisionals to make sure that uh, we were on track. And if the rates were a little bit off, we changed them a little bit and we went ahead and built that differential. So now here we come to year end. And we're, we're trying to get all the cost in. We're going to scrub the books pretty hard here at year end because if we miss something during the year and it fell in the following month, no big deal, right? But if we miss something in December, I can't just let it fall into January. I got to go back and put it in December and that delays things in the rate world. So I'm going to scrub my books, make sure there's nothing in the wrong place, nothing in there that ought to be in next year and nothing missing that should be there. Uh, And that's always the the trick, you know, finding something that isn't there is hard. So it helps to look at your rate statements for last month and the month before that and compare them and see if when you look at your actuals columns, see if you've got something that was there last month and the month before and this month it isn't there. I mean, rent pops right out if the rent's not there that's obvious and it makes a big difference. But there are other things, accruals, um, IT costs, maybe uh, uh, your ISP bill for your rate, your internet provider, those kinds of things. Easy for something like that to fall through a crack. So once the rates have been scrubbed uh, or the costs have been scrubbed and you calculate the rates that you think are your year-end final rates, you compare them to your provisionals and in a perfect world, they're going to match to two decimal places, right? <laughs> in the perfect world. Yeah, this is not. Uh, you, you caught that, huh? In this world, everything is going to be off a little bit. And I wish I could tell you that it, they're going to be lower, uh, which, by the way, is a pretty easy problem to fix, especially if you catch it in November. You can always go spend a little more money. 
buy some equipment or something. But if they're a little bit high, what do you do? And the answer is you submit a revised provisional rate uh, request one more time. Just as soon as you're finished with that scrub and you've calculated those year-end rates, you submit that last revised provisional rate request. And the day that DCAA or whoever, NIH, DOE, the day they approve it, you bill that rate differential. Because that's cash in the bank, man. And if you don't do it, it's probably going to sit on your balance sheet as unbilled for a year, two years, three years. DCAA, if you don't do it promptly at year end, DCAA is going to want you to wait until, until contract closeout. And that could be three, four, five years. And Who knows if your program office is going to have money to fund the, the cost growth if that's what you got. That's very true. And a couple points, and that could impact also financial reporting. So it's not just DCAA and your project cost accounting. It's also that that those auditors that come in and do your financial your financial statements and those audits. Um, Absolutely. Tax there on the balance sheet. So, you know, you mentioned one thing about scrubbing that I want to get back to and making sure one timing, everything is in its correct place. Um, and are there any anomalies? But also, if you are a government contractor that maybe does commercial work, or if you, a lot of companies set up, you know, 9,000 series accounts or have certain set up GL accounts for um, uh, unallowables. Right. And that's for, you know, a lot of times it's for expressly unallowables. But you might have other medium risk accounts where some of those unallowables could be commingled. And you know, because you're in that gray area, like sometimes allowable, sometimes unallowable, it depends on the nature of the cost. There typically needs to be a little bit of a sanity check there, there of looking at the GL of going, all right, is this, does this make sense? Should this cost be in this rate calculation? Should it not? Does it need to be reclassed? So does that yep. element to scrubbing? You know, we always had, when I was a working controller, a dozen or so accounts that we started scrubbing the week after Thanksgiving. Legal bills. Because yep. that's one of those, if the legal was for this, it's allowable. If it was for that, it's not. Yeah. Other kinds, there were several accounts like that. And we would scrub those pretty hard and do our reclasses as early as we could in the year. That way, at the year end, the only bills you've got to, to take into consideration are the ones you've got in December. But if you wait until December 31st to scrub a year's worth of legal bills, that can be a really onerous task. Very it can true. take a while. Yep. And there's okay. money at stake. <laughs> we want those revised provisional rates today, not next week or next month. Very, yeah. Um, marketing, public relations, if there's any type of employee morale, all other types of accounts that might be right in that little gray area. So you yeah. got to jump in. I know it's odd seeing as how I'm in marketing, but we don't use the M word. Everything in GovCon is BD. It's business <laughs> development. It's not marketing. Yep. <laughs> it matters what you call things, you know. Uh, I think we have a minute or two. I'd like to tell you a really short anecdote. You'll, you'll, lo you'll love this. I worked for a company in Columbia, Maryland, and we had an account in our general ledger called Alcohol. Well, DCAA found that during an audit, and they thought they had gone to heaven. But we used 55-gallon drums of denatured alcohol as a solvent in one of our uh, circuit board processes. 
And that's what it was. But in the general ledger, it was just labeled alcohol. It took three months to convince them. I had to take them down to the plant and show them the drums of denatured alcohol being used to, to degrease circuit boards before they would finally allow those costs. I guarantee that account is still on those books, but it's called organic solvents now. It's not called alcohol. <laughs> that definitely is a labeling issue right there. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that. And, um, you know, after the calculation of the year-end rates and you do the scrubbing and you, there then is that dreaded ICS, which after the fiscal year, you know, six months after the end of your fiscal year, you're supposed to submit, which, you know, that that's that's the hook that we'll be getting into and diving into in the next episode. Um, any right. closing thoughts? Nope. Uh, that's the, the end of the rate cycle as far as um, determining the actual final indirect rates. There's always contract closeouts after that. But the ICS is the, the end of the process. Of course, you remember, we're at year end. So we've started a new year, hopefully a month ago, with a new provisional set of rates for this coming year. It's a never-ending cycle. As one ends, the next year's beginning. So we'll talk about the ICS next, and I'll see you on the other side. Great. Thank you, Rich. Have a good one.